0: welcome back to hire everybody
1: the podcast full of wicked stories from the job market and experts showing us how to succeed in it
0: because we've all been there haven't we it's time to get unstuck
1: it's time to make some change it's time to lead and it's time to hit that funky beat nicky simmons
0: yes get it Tom up.
1: Nikki Simmons!
0: Do you know what makes this episode special?
1: It extraordinarily went live on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday?
0: That is pretty special, but no.
1: Hmm, technology has sneakily and rudely stolen bits of our opening chat with our esteemed guest?
0: Yes, and while exceedingly rare and exceedingly annoying, I'm not talking about that either.
1: Oh, you are talking about the fact that this episode concludes our first year of the Higher Career Podcast.
0: It sure does. And what a ride it's been. We talk to recruitment experts, legends of interview techniques, WWF campaigners about the power of digital, career wizards,
1: (laughs) wizards
0: (laughs) and LinkedIn geniuses.
1: And we just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you, our esteemed listeners, for your support, for your encouragement, and for all of your feedback.
0: Yes, and we've created this podcast to help you thrive in your career and master the struggles that
1: connect almost all of us. Because what the world needs is you. It needs you to not only somehow manage your career, it needs you to master it with relative ease
0: so that you have some mental capacity left
1: to think on your values and make them come alive in the places you work to help shape the places you work to help your business or the company you work for become contributors to the causes that you believe in
0: And taking us over the finish line of 2021 today is Dan Magena, serial entrepreneur, master of abundance and overall inspiration for all of us who want a career, who want to feel passionate about what we do.
1: And who want to make some money while we're at it because we all got to eat, eh? Let's go get it. it. We've got Dan Magena in the virtual studio, I... I'm most thrilled. However, dear audience member, what I am less thrilled about is the fact that at the beginning of this episode has been snatched away by technology in the editing suite. So uh, I will tragically have to bridge um, Dan's elevator pitch for him real quick before we hop into his first answer to my first question. Dan is a jack of many traits, but first and foremost his mission in life is to make us all realize that in nature there is not a lack of there's always an abundance of and it is this abundance that we can all tap into in our own personal lives and our professional lives we don't have to hustle we don't have to push all of the time sometimes it is just about finding where this abundance lies for you and actually flowing with it um, we have asked Dan as per usual if you are a loyal audience member to keep his three top tips his most practical and prized possessions on finding your own abundance finding your path and flowing with it with ease rather than struggling every day until the end of this episode and if you're new here if you just discovered us hi welcome we are nikki simmons and tom Zamzo. this is the higher career podcast you can find us as well on instagram for a few sneak peeks behind the scenes um some clever snippets of wisdom at Go higher podcast. We are also on LinkedIn and Facebook at a Higher! Exclamation point. Podca- career podcast, and all of the links are down in the description notes below. So, with Dan and you are going to see him halfway through his answer of this question. We wanted to discuss the concept of money and happiness, and we asked him to get dirty in this question because, at the very least, money is something that is considered dirty or taboo to talk about, and. Um, It is also one of the many definitions of the word wealth that Dan speaks about in his books, in his public lectures quite a bit. Especially when we follow our dreams or pursue a calling rather than a career, a thing of passion, thinking about money can feel quite cold and dispassionate, and it's a thing of the head rather than the heart, and it's somehow corrupting our pursuit of happiness. So we are asking Dan in this first question, how he feels and thinks about um, money in relationship to our professional development. So in comes Dan Mangena, everybody. This episode is a blast. Off you go, please enjoy.
0: In our prequel, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you've been self-employed for most of your life yeah. and that the idea of financial dependency on an employer feels quite foreign to you. Hundred which- which is brilliant, of course, because many people um, are fearful of this. You know, they don't want that. And they don't—they want to be more secure, I suppose, and, and mm-hmm. not have to rely on themselves to be an entrepreneur and bring mm-hmm. all the money that you need in these these times. So let's mm-hmm. explore this a little bit more um, sure. without preaching that everyone <laughs> needs to become self-employed now.
2: Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> in that camp, Nikki. And Good. Tom and I Good. actually explored this. I, I am actually... I'm, I'm waving the battle cry for us to stop job-shaming. Mm. I'm waving that battle cry uh-huh. because not everybody is a leader. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody is a business owner. Not everybody is an entrepreneur. There's a very specific um, set of qualities that you. I feel, having been an entrepreneur my entire life, that you need to have in order to be an effective entrepreneur, just as there are certain qualities that you need to have in order to be an effective employer, leader, mm-hmm. operator. And I think if we're honest with ourselves about where we're at and what our skills are and actually move into flow with those, then I think a lot of organizations would move a lot more effectively. A lot of people wouldn't be bankrupted how many times or you know, in financial stress trying to be a business owner when actually they've just created a job that they don't like. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about starting the job setting. There's nothing wrong with having a job. Having a job is a beautiful thing. Um, what I love about what you, you guys are doing out here is actually empowering people to have a fulfilling time within the context of that, rather than running off and saying, oh, I need to leave my job because this and that. Or maybe you need to have clarity on the kind of career that suits you, your skill set, your temperament, your energy. Maybe you need to stand up for yourself and set some boundaries. Maybe you need to do some personal development. Um, maybe you need to call somebody out. It doesn't mean that you have to go and be an entrepreneur because it's not for everybody.
0: Absolutely. And what is your business model then? What What are your income streams and how do you stay true to that passion amidst, amidst um, navigating your business? What, what can you tell us about that? So I've got several businesses,
2: several income streams. I've got some stuff in real estate, some stuff in agriculture, some stuff in construction, some stuff in mining, some stuff in... Good Lord, what else have I got? Uh, <laughs> finance. I've got a credit repair business. Um, I have my personal development business, which is my the one where I spend my principal time. A lot of everything else is kind of set up with managers and people to do the thing. I have a media production business, which I don't really do much on. Um, but yeah, my day-to-day time, the job that I created for myself is in my personal development business. So I do public speaking, uh, podcasting, podcasting. Um, I write articles for a couple of magazines like Entrepreneur. Uh, I had a radio show before. I don't have that now. Um, I write books and, yeah, workshops. I love doing that. That's what fires me up. That's what excites me. So I've created a life where I get to do what I want to do, live life on my terms. But if I decided that tomorrow I don't want to do this anymore, my quality of life wouldn't change because my financial needs would still be met. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's really interesting. Awesome. Is that um part of the of your secret formula because Part of the reason why we're asking this question is to disentangle these two spaces of having your calling and your passion, um, mm-hmm. and at the same time having to make money because this is the currency mm-hmm. that we're exchanging at the moment for goods mm-hmm. such as food. So, exactly, have you, <laughs> right? So, in your, if I if I understand this correctly, just to um, feed it back to you, you have managed to create businesses that um, provide you with sufficient cash flow so that your financial mm-hmm. needs um, are met that you don't have to be incredibly passionate about and feel. 100% percent invested in every day yep. as to make time for what you really are passionate about which is your personal development business right? mm. yeah and
2: that's one of the things that i love to empower people to do to create that disentanglement situation that you, you alluded to because a lot of people haven't again they haven't got the temperament to be an entrepreneur they have a passion on purpose and they feel called to leave a stabi- the stability of a job right to go and try and make a business around something that they're passionate around, which Mm. is going to create a whole load of emotional (laughs) dissonance, right? Cognitive and emotional dissonance. Um, Because a business is a business. And, you know, in my work, I've found a way, in my personal development business, I found a way to make that work. I mean, we do anything from 100 to 150 grand a month at the moment without me really pushing the boat out and kind of just sort of bimbering along. And, and I've been able to do it so that, so for example, today I'm doing a, a free session for the public where they can come and get some support. I have the podcasts, um, I have the content that we put out for free on social media, and, you know, written content. And then we've got lower tier stuff like I've got little pieces of content people can go and grab for 10 bucks and 20 bucks. So I've got my books. And then we've got programs at a few more thousand. If people want to work with me, is it expensive? Yeah, it's very expensive to work with me. You can work with one of my coaches for a bit less. But there is enough out there that I am serving people, but then I've created a balance between free and low tier stuff. And then in some instances, very expensive things that mean that I've got the freedom to give away as much as I want to give away, to have a team of 17 or 18 people who work on that full time to make sure that people are served. we've got customer service and all of that without me having to get into the businessy side of it too much. Mm. so that I lose sight of the passion side of it. But that wasn't an easy thing to do. And again, I have the skill set to be able to construct that. Not everybody does. Yeah. And so running away from a career, which is what I think is happening in a lot of instances, not running towards yeah. a purpose, but running away from a career, yeah. is a yeah. little bit not sensible, personally. <laughs> there, there are a number of ways that you can bring your purpose to the world without, you know, endangering your kids having to eat onion soup and mm-hmm. live in a cave I don't think it's necessary
1: no um, that's
0: fine when but, you're on your own right but
2: <laughs> I mean do you want to live in a cave and eat onion soup I don't think anybody should be subjected to onion soup but there are ways to do it there are ways to do it and, and find that balance but I think again being honest with yourself about are you running away from a career because you haven't done the work of actually being in a career that serves you or mm-hmm. coming to a career in a way that serves you Or even, look, one of the things we've got, particularly like a woman that worked with us, we we got her to a place of financial freedom in in just 60 days. In two months, she was able to leave her job. But then I've got people who have kept their job, right? And we've supported them creating additional streams of income outside of their jobs so they can increase the quality of their life, drop the number of hours that they're working and so on and so forth. So your business and your purpose don't need to be the same thing. Your career doesn't need to be out the window There are different ways to think about being honest with yourself about what your skills are, where you are, what you're really doing things for, I think are imperative to creating a a dance around all of this that actually works.
0: Mm -hmm. I love how you put in um, the different levels of it as well right so you have a very expensive part working with you but then you also have you put out free things as well so everyone feels as if they're getting a part of it because I think people struggle with that it's right especially if you're going into your line of business personal training coaching Mm -hmm. executive coaching you want Mm -hmm. it to be expensive because you want to attract and then people just you can't get the people so I love how you can you explain that a little bit more how you have the different levels because i think that's really interesting for someone starting off because you you know immediately you want to earn loads of money but you can't because (laughs) so so how do you do that there's a lot to be
2: done about that so if if i just talk about our signature program is called micro to millions and if i sort of walk you through what that ecosystem looks like you'll get it so on one hand we've got you know our abundance activation weekends which are intimate retreats you know it's generally ceos and founders who've really got money but they they want to untangle from the money costing them mental and emotionally. You know, yeah, you've got a six-figure, seven-figure career, but you're you don't know who your kids are, and they don't know who you are. So, people that want to untangle from that and introduce a different way of approaching things, they'll come and spend you know six figures to come and spend seven days a week, for example, in a very small group. You know, we get private island things, and then on the other scale, we've got like my money manifestation masterclass, which is nineteen dollars where it's pre-recorded content for lessons. People can come and get some stuff. And then we've got in the middle our our group program. You know, it's in the entry-level five figures. uh, But you get group coaching with my coaches. You get, you know, recorded content. You get ongoing support and so on and so forth. There's all of the different realms. And so when I first started doing this work, I was initially just doing sort of one-on-one stuff with people, and then over time, developing an ecosystem that had more one-to-many, which enabled me to scale myself, and then looking at pre-recorded stuff and putting that out into the, into the world, and then you know, bringing on experts who were able to support me in leveraging that. But there was this evolution that started with where my strengths were, which I then used to leverage and create space for me to go and explore, continue my own personal development, um, I, you know, I, I spend a lot on personal development, multi multiple six figures. I spent one hundred and fifty thousand in October alone on my personal development, um, and that's business coaching, personal coaching, personal development, and so on and so forth. So that I can continue to be resourced to push the boat out, make sure I'm serving people at the highest level, and giving them the power to be able to create outcomes without, you know, making these trade offs of mental, and emotional well-being, running away from the career, and risking the onion soup in the cave situation.
1: There's so much gold in what you've just um, told us because... What I would love for people to take away from this is that it is not as binary as social media or or any Honor. sort of career guru that you see are making it out to be, you know. You can have a very stable job, but say, but say... There's a wonderful example that I want to bring up here really quickly. You can have the perfect job and you love it, but you're actually really also quite passionate about succulents, you know, the plants that everybody mm. loves at the moment because they're immortal. Um, there's a person in the US, she has made... I think she's making... Uh, 200,000 a year out of a home page on which she um, and in, in e-book now where she gives advice to people about how to take care of their succulent house decoration plant. Wow. So, and while still maintaining and it seems like a like a minuscule little thing but there's an endless endless array of resources out there granted to us by the power of the internet on how mm-hmm. to start on how to start many small <laughs> or people like Dan on how to just get going with a small side hustle. If you're passionate mm-hmm. about it I'm seeing mm-hmm. people write books at the moment you know, short books 50 pages for kids for example and there's so many wonderful outlets where you can get your feet wet in the entrepreneurial space without having to catapult yourself into it immediately now before we go into the next um element of the podcast which is we nikki and i talk about this all the time the strange feeling of being stuck and in your mm-hmm. career development you call this stuck state. Then, just for reference would you explain to us that you uh, as to how your business is composed at the moment to me it feels like an empire can you give us the timeline of creating this because this is where a lot of people also fall into the trap of thinking you can do this in a year from the mm. early beginnings to the multiple business avenues that you have now, the figures that you're bringing in, if you were to give it a number of years that it has taken you to arrive at this point, how many is it? Mm
2: -hmm. Again, let's add some context. You know, we hear about the 10-year overnight success, right? I had my first entrepreneurial experience at about nine years old. Right. Right. I taught myself to make computers when I was 13 and I was making those and selling those as a teenager. I had a touch up at my school. I made my first million when I was 19, mm. but I had started early. I was reading when people were probably out sneaking cigarettes with their friend at 16 and like <laughs> trying to find out how they're going to have sex. I was reading "Think and Grow Rich" and ordering tapes online from Nightingale Connet. Right. <laughs> right. So when people look at, so for example, my current the personal development business. It's got to where it is now in three years where, you know, I've been interviewed by Jack Canfield, you know, I've got, you know, got a TED Talk, I'm uh, doing a documentary next year, we've got another series that's going to be on Netflix and, you know, all this kind Amazing. of cool stuff. But, thank you, but there was like 20 years of work <laughs> before, <laughs> before that three years and there have been failures, right? I made that, that, nine, that money that I made I was 19, I'd lost it by eight months later. I made a fortune again and lost it again within a year and a half or something crazy like that. So, you know, there was a lot of lessons learned. And also now, like I said, I invest a lot in having the right people around me. I'm going to Nick Island in April uh, to meet with Rich Branton and a load of other, you know, high end entrepreneurs. I'm going to be the poorest person on the island, the dumbest person in the room, and I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go and learn and be amongst people who are doing great things.
0: I love that Love
2: it. So, yeah, it took three years, three and a half years from, you know, where where I started with this business to where I'm doing now. Mm. But there was best part of 20 years before that leading into it. And I've taken advantage of investing in having access to decades more experience from the people that I've invested in aside from that.
0: I think that's an amazing point. I love how you put, put yourself with people better than you. So often people can't do that. They find it too intimidating or they think they, they want to be the one who knows everything. And it's so important to do that. Um, Tom, I've mentioned this so many times our listeners will know that I did this as an athlete. I moved to a country where they were so much better than me and that really catapulted my game up as well and it's so important to do that so I love that message and we we do share that a lot on the podcast so thanks for bringing that up
2: Mm. Yeah, Um, and I think in my experience in my experience the people who get the most done Mm. are the ones that seek the most help Mm -hmm. try to do the least on their own yeah. And open to getting the most wrong.
0: <laughs>
2: Absolutely. In my personal experience. And, I, and I've got, you know, I've got mentors of mine that are worth, I was just emailing with one of my mentors just earlier today. I mean, to put it in context, he sold 50% of one of his businesses for 800 million a few years ago. Like he's one of his businesses, right? He's, you know, I, and all of these people, all, you know, they, these same principles I'm saying to you guys and to the listeners, it's what I'm learning from these people. Because mm. <laughs> I learned the hard way. The reason why I lost everything when I was 19, 20, because I arrogantly thought I knew everything and I didn't need any help. Yeah. It was completely unnecessary for me to lose everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Completely unnecessary. But because I was Johnny Big Socks, who didn't need any help, you know, I cracked the code. Yeah, sense, you want, a quote Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the politically correct version. Um, there's another <laughs> a, the uh, another part of the anatomy that's not clothed <laughs> generally that comes <laughs> to of the But the fact of this is that you know when when we whenever you have a coach, when you have a mentor, when you have uh, someone to look up to who's guiding you, whatever it is, you, you get the advantage of all of their mess ups. So when somebody comes to hang out with me, you're getting advantage, you're taking advantage of me losing everything twice, Mm. right? 20 years of reading, studying, coaching, like at least by now a good million dollars worth of personal development, if not close to, that you get to take advantage of. Like when someone goes and spends 15 bucks on my book, you're literally getting decades and I think a lot of people underestimate how much power is available in reading a book. Like, people say, oh, I haven't got the money to go and just hang out with Richard Branson. He's got a book where he tells this entire story and gives you all his life lessons. Read the book. <laughs> Losing My Virginity. Go and read Losing My Virginity. Go and read that book and he'll give you people look and see oh um, do you know, I don't know if you guys read that, but when Richard Branton was running all over the world doing hot air balloons, he was teetering on the edge of bankruptcy every single day in a war with British Airways. When he sold Virgin Music for that nine hundred million, that was the first time he actually had any real money. Other than that, it was all bravado and credit lines.
1: Yeah, but the power of facade, right? Because he's also through that been able to attract the right people um towards him. Uh, what I would love to what I would love to move into is because now you've given us um a dream with caveats. You said, This is my life, this is what I do, this is how I separate my passion a little bit from um from this really sort of like rough and cold reality of money and having built this empire for myself over the many years with all of the failures. But
2: mm-hmm. in order
1: to even contemplate and to start thinking about what kind of future our listeners might want to construct for themselves, we need to get ourselves unstuck and we need to start mm-hmm. moving into the space of exploration not jumping mm-hmm. from the fire uh, from the frying pan into the fire or mm-hmm. shipping off into the unknown immediately but let's explore this a little bit and you told me to my great delight and laughter um, that at times um, a notion of yours around the concept of meditation gets misinterpreted by interview <laughs> and it's a fantastic misinterpretation actually since it hones in on a balance where we're trying to um, strike here on the show as well, the balance mm-hmm. between mindset and gratitude and attitude and then actually mm-hmm. getting up and doing the damn deed. So mm-hmm. enlighten us. What do you think yeah. about meditation?
2: I say stop meditating. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone goes wild. Um, have you seen the film um, <laughs> The Dark Knight where he fled it was the Joker?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: everyone loses their minds. <laughs> <laughs> I to double check before I did the accent just so you know <laughs> you're the impression. Because I I'm was like, has he lost it? Do we need to stop the recording? Like Nicky was happy. Um, <laughs> and everyone loses their um, because and I deliberately um been deliberately antagonistic. Um, and actually I had a TED talk that I, I wanted to do a TED talk around that and it got rejected every time. Like you can't do that. There's no evidence to support that. You should stop meditating. Listen to my theory. I'm not going to listen to that. I've got another. I've got another really antagonistic one called "Why I Love Donald Trump," which just sends people bonkers. Um, right. Um, like bonkers. We did a uh, just quick tangent. I did an op-ed about it, and every single magazine just rejected it outright. And I know they didn't even read it. They just looked at the title It was like, "Nope, we're not publishing this." Um, but it's not meditating. It. People, are, oh well, I meditate. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Do it. But you say stop meditating. Yeah, for something to stop, it has to be emotional. I didn't say don't meditate. I said stop meditating. The point being, yes, do the thing, the practice that gets you into that meditative state, so you can have the benefits of it. But at some point, you have to get off your butt. You know, come off the yoga mat and go and take some action on that thing that you've meditated about, that you've prayed about. You know, you live in the temple every day, praying to whichever God fancies a tickle, right? how are you actually going to be in the world to experience the thing that you're praying for? It doesn't even make any sense. And yet that's what we do. We just have our vision board. We just have our meditation, our yoga practice. We just pray in every day. And then we're waiting for the thing to fall out of the sky. Right. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a fierce advocate of that phrase, which is yes, often misinterpreted. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no it's exactly you just made me think about being an athlete again i know i always speak about it but it's the moments where you know you've done something so well everyone's like oh how can she do that or how can they do that and then you know that it's all the time before that you've thought about it or you've practiced before right the meditation yeah. part or the other part and then you went out and did it right where so yeah. many people stop at that part they just think yeah. about it and then mm-hmm. they don't actually go and do that because they're afraid of some things they're afraid of what will happen if it goes wrong, all these different things that people Mm -hmm. stop themselves. So the fear, again, Tom, the fear, or the stuckness, which we talk Mm. about. Yeah, Which brings us on to the next question, right? (laughs) Or the next topic, which is fear of stuckness, and Mm -hmm. Tom, you've already mentioned that too, but before we hop over to your top tips for our audience, which I hope you have, which I'm sure you do, let's talk about this feeling of stuckness Mm -hmm. again. Yeah, I can't wait to hear them, they're gonna be awesome. Um, in conversation with previous guests, we know that this feeling can often be rooted in the way we treat the sensation of fear, which I've just spoken about there. It's like, you can think about doing something, but your fear overrides that and you never do it or you run away. So Mm -hmm. what do you think about this fear and how, what kind of techniques, if you want to elaborate a little bit more that you can bring to your clients in order to get through that?
2: So I've got a Danism um, that's the mind doesn't lose and the environment doesn't lie. The mind does not lose and the environment doesn't lie. Um, we've never failed at anything. If you think about it, the mind is a perfect executing machine. It's an absolute Terminator. The thing is that the instructions going into that Terminator aren't always to kill Sarah Connors, as we saw with Terminator mm. 2. Sometimes it's to say Sarah Connors. Um, So when we're in a space of fear, what's actually just happening is that we're moving effectively towards an outcome that's programmed into the mind as to where it's supposed to be going. And so we get there, which may mean not getting there. Fear is a state of the mind saying, we're not going there. Mm. And sometimes we can overwrite the system intentionally by applying intentionality, although we're unconscious most of the time. But the unconscious mind moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. So for every conscious thought that we have about taking a course of action, if it's unconsciously unprogrammed that we're not gonna do it, then the the force of unconscious thought to be negative is 10,000 to 10 million times the pace of the conscious. So when someone says to me, oh, you know, I'm really fearful about this thing, I didn't do it. I say, no, you just didn't want to do it. But I do want to do it, I want to be free, I want to be happy in my career, I want to have love, I want to have health. No, you don't. You think that you want to, but at the unconscious level, it's not programmed into be a part of your experience. It's not programmed into your actual identity. Otherwise, you would be doing it. Genius, yeah. So when, someone, so when somebody says, oh, you know, fear this, that, blah, 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 what we need to actually do is address the program that's running underneath. I approach that through intentionality in order to shift that so that we're actually supported unconsciously in moving towards it
1: versus sabotaging ourselves away from it. I love that there's just just gasping and grasping silence on the call because it's, I think you're perfectly right. We've discussed this concept of fear that people are, people seem to have this really, no, no, I'm shading everybody. Me, myself, um, I'm just the shade. I'm I'm rather gonna talk about myself. we can we tend to have this really shallow notion of our emotional compass where fear is only one thing so you see a spider and you say eek and you run away from it whereas Mm -hmm. actually it is part of um, one of our previous guests um, whose psychologist said to us you can decide to either have all of your feelings or you can decide to have none of them but you can't really nitpick through them and all Mm -hmm. of them are part of our traffic light system all of us all of them give us direction and Fear can be an indicator of something scary, as it was evolutionarily programmed to be, but it can also be an indicator of something that is really worth pursuing because the reward Mm -hmm. we wanted so much that the off chance, the theoretical off chance of us failing at achieving this objective, um, that creates so much fear that we don't even want to start. So we don't even have to um, face this potential failure. And I think this is something really... um, important to overcome for a lot of us to get out of the stuckness state because we can always Mm -hmm. at least tentatively start to explore to see if it's really that scary or really that worth it um, I really I mean there's just. I'm definitely going to buy your book so thank you very much for coming on the show um, because there's just too much, there's too much juice there's too much juice in what you've said and we don't have enough time my mind is already quite blown actually so you've given me so much to think about I have the great privilege and honor to edit these episodes so I by default listen to everything twice anyway so meh um, but we still have but we still have a little bit more to juice out of you now yes, that we have we you do. here on the show Then. Nikki, take us there. We
0: sure do. As promised, Dan, your top three tips. And this is for someone listening now and they want Mm. to go away and start something straight away. What are the top three things that they can do to help them in their career right now?
2: Brilliant. First and foremost, rededicate yourself to being in a career, not your career, but in a career. And what I mean by that is really dive in and make sure that you are a career person. I personally, I'm not a career person, I'm not. I've had a job in the cinema when I was 15 and I worked in a call center for six months while I was building up a business and I needed to you know, not live in a cave and not eat onion soup. Other than that, <laughs> I've never had like the man. I'm not that guy, right? I know that and I've been blessed to, to be able to navigate that. So before saying I need to leave this job, just get clear, are you a career person? have honest conversations with yourself and dive in, journal on it, pray about it, meditate on it, go into your yoga stance, walk on the beach, dance naked in the forest, whatever you need to do, get clear on that because anything taken in terms of action and movement without that clarity, I don't want to say you're useless or pointless, but probably going to be ill-spent. All right? So we've got that one. Then find somebody who's already where you want to be. Now, guys, Mm -hmm. you might not be able to get, you know, your prime person. You might not be able to, what's her name? Um, Brene Brown. You might not be able to DM her on Instagram, but she's got podcasts. (laughs) She's got YouTube. She's got books, right? Go and listen to, you know, look for interviews that, that they've done. Look for times when they've been raw and vulnerable. Learn from them. See what you can emulate not to copy their journey, but to find, A, a shining light for where you want to be, and then, B, have a a real person that's got a real journey that you can look at and say that, you know, because the mind's looking at the evidence as to whether something's possible. So when you've got your awareness, zeroed in on someone that's actually done something, the story that it's not possible drops. You might still not feel like it's possible for you, which is where part three comes in, but the point of it being impossible at all, stops, okay? So go and find a champion in your industry who's been the first, I don't know, doobry what's it, who's ever done the thing in your career or the same person who's ever done that thing in in business. Have that, go and study them, have them in your awareness. And then number three, get clear on where you are in relationship to that end goal and just ask yourself every day, what's one thing that I can do to step more fully into my end goal? Not how can I get it done this year? Not how can I do it before my mum called me a loser? Not how can I do it so I can prove Miss Janet, my school teacher, wrong? No, (laughs) for you, what's one thing that you can do today? I call it micro-shifting. It's a concept that you'll learn in my book. One thing that I can do today without resistance, no matter how small, that moves the needle for me towards that end goal in my career, moving away from my career, whatever the outcome is. So number one, is this what I want to be doing? or what is it that I want to be doing? Is it career or not? And if so, dedicate to that outcome. Number two, find someone that's embodying where you want to be. And number three, every day, just ask yourself, what's one small tiny thing at least that I can do to move me towards my goal?
0: I love us. I have one more question, Tom. You just mentioned don't do what, you, what your teacher thought you should be. What did your teachers think you were going to be?
2: Uh, everyone thought I was going to be doing <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from what's the name, there was this one teacher who didn't like me. And so I <laughs> I, I actually, I, I was the first black person to be on the honours role of my school, first black head um, senior prefect of my school. I was in a predominantly white area. And so the honours role had been running for about 100 years. And there never been a black person on it because there probably hadn't been that many black people at the school. But I was the first yeah. one to do both of those things. And then it became a tradition that all the members of my family that went through that school either
1: made it to the senior prefect um, team or made it to the honors rock. So wow. Look That's at incredible. You. Mm, That's yeah. awesome. Trailblazer. I mean, well, Trailblazer. Yeah. I mean on that note, Dan, thank you so much yes. for your many, many wisdoms and for being on the show. It's the no, holidays no are approaching. Uh, but it's uh, but it's my pleasure more.
2: <laughs> 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 okay, you, you win you went win. I went <laughs> I win. I win. <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> ah, this has been such a hoot. Thank you so, so yes. much for, you, for your time, you. for all of this amazing input. The holidays are approaching, everybody. This is the last episode of 2021 of the Higher Career Podcast. We wish you a magnificent time. Please rest up, whether you're in the northern hemisphere in the cold, and the southern hemisphere in the heat. Uh, whatever your religious affiliation might be, please take some rest. And as always, Nikki, shall we do it? Three, yeah. a two, a one. Um, a let's, let's go, go get, get it. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <a> <laughs> yes. Hey. <What> a- <laughs>